0: And welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and talk about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries, for our and hopefully your amusement. I'm your fuzzy of a host, Gary, with my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann.
1: Hi. How are you?
0: I am fine. In fact, I'm very excited.
1: Oh yeah. Why?
0: Um, well, we have a topic that I have some background in as a veterinary technician. And I wanted to know, what do you know about wolves and their attacks on people?
1: Their attacks on people and wolves. Um, they turn into werewolves?
0: In the movies, yes. Um, that's not real? Uh, well, that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: Okay. I mean, I guess they're just puppy dogs.
0: Uh, wild puppy dogs? Yeah. Well, then... I'd uh, like to eat you. Then you're going to enjoy this story. Fine. We apologize for the delay for the production of this podcast. Goldian was in the hospital for a surgery and needed a few days to recover. She's feeling much better and making a full recovery. So our podcast is going to be back on schedule. But we have been receiving some feedback on our podcast, which has been exciting. In fact, I got one interesting story from a listener who is shocked that you actually have a miniature Robert the doll.
1: Ah, my Robert. I love Robert.
0: Well, While he was listening to this episode, uh, his wife walked into the room and realized what he was listening to and basically told him, nope, did a 180 and walked right back out. So (laughs) I'm guessing some of our topics can be a little bit on the scary side. That's great. That's very good. But for those listeners who like things a little bit on the scary side, so if you've come to be entertained by things a little bit on the scary side... Then turn down the lights and let us tell you about the true story of a man-eating beast that terrorized the former province of Givalden and a mysterious creature for the deaths of over a hundred people. Wow! Now, let me set the mood for today's story. We need to take you back to the south-central France between 1764 and 1767, so before the French Revolution. This was not a positive time for France, as they had just been defeated in the Seven Year War with Britain. Churches were losing power, and they were beginning to have the talks of revolution in the air amongst the public people against King Louis XV. For Givaldon, these lives were simple farmers and the herding of livestock, which was left to the responsibility of the use of the family. The story begins with poor Jeanne Bollet, who was a 14-year-old girl and she was watching over her family's flock of sheep. When she did not return to the family farm that evening for dinner, her parents became concerned and went out to the outskirts of the village to find her. Unfortunately, they discovered her lifeless body amongst the untouched sheep. Her body was gruesomely attacked and her throat was torn out with bite wounds across her neck.
1: I know. Wolves go after sheeps. They go after sheeps, but they yeah.
0: do not go after shepherdesses. Right. Oh. So, yes, that's what happened in this first case, and Jean Bolet became the first victim of this creature. Okay. It was not long before more brutal attacks followed. Some victims survived to describe that the creature was a gigantic dog-like creature. It was described as being longer and broader than a wolf with an enormous head and a mouthful of long, sharp, and wicked-looking teeth. Its body had spots and was normally of a black or brown color, and it had a long tail that ended in a tuft of fur. Each time the beast attacked, only the faces and the throats of its victims were the target. Witnesses claimed that it came out of nowhere and gave no warning of the attack. Wow. Every effort to capture and kill the beast was a failure and death began to increase. The beast seemed to be able to detect and avoid poison baits and traps. It possessed an intelligence to detect ambushes of groups of villagers. Those that had been injured claimed that the wounds they inflicted miraculously healed. Hunters who had fired at the beast said that their bullets had no effect. They basically just bounced off its thick hide leaving no damage. As the creature escaped
1: that's crazy
0: so you have a group of villagers basically not very well armed but are trying to fight off this beast and no matter what they do they don't seem to be able to harm it or to even catch it because it seems to be too smart for them wow the attacks continued for the remainder of 1764 and the beast began to repeatedly prey on lone men women and children ...as they tended livestock in the forest around Givaldon. The most terrifying fact was the manner of the attacks... ...they only seemed to target the head and neck regions... ...leaving the rest of the bodies unmarked. So, this beast seemed to know exactly what victims it wanted... ...and it seemed to know exactly how to attack them. And all manner of stories began to circulate amongst the villages of the province... Some people were claiming that it was a pair of animals that were doing the killings because of the large number of attacks in such a short period of time. These rumors gained support when the attacks started to occur nearly simultaneously. This creature seemed to be able to be in two places at the same time.
1: So it'd be two.
0: But it always would look the exact same on the descriptions. So we either have two twins or the, same, the creature could move faster than thought. Another famous story that's involved with the beast belongs to Jacques Portfoy and seven friends who were attacked by the beast on January 12, 1765. These boys were working together to herd cattle when the beast charged at them, again ignoring the cattle and heading straight towards the young boys. The frightened boys were only able to fend off the attack by the creature by grouping together into a small circle. So they all gathered around back to back with their spears pointing outwards to fend off the beast. They were eventually able to drive the monster off and their bravery was reported and eventually came to the attention of King Louis XV. He was so impressed by the boys bravery that he awarded the boys money due to their bravery. And he was so impressed by the story that he commanded that Portfois be educated at the state's expense. It would now become such a problem that he decreed that the French state would help find and kill the beast. Wow. The first attempt to destroy the beast at Gévaudan was placed on the shoulders of Captain Dumas, of the Clermont Prince Dragoons. So these are hardened... V- army veterans who had battled in the seven-year war with Britain and are now tasked with going out to Gervaudon to find, hunt down, and kill the beasts that had been killing the citizens. Duhamel was extremely zealous in his efforts because he wanted to make up for defeats against the British during the war. Now he was met with non-cooperation from the local herders and farmers who did not like the military being present even if their cause was to destroy the beasts that had killed so many. <clears throat> the French public began, started having more and more distrust towards the military and towards the government of France at this time. So duhamel was kind of seen as an outsider and wasn't very well liked. Now he almost shot the beasts on several occasions, but he was hampered by the incompetence of his guards. And as each of his plans failed, duhamel became more and more frustrated. He tried to get many of the local farmers to assist him who, did, who were uncooperative. He even had some of his men wear dresses so that they would look like helpless females or children out uh, on the fields as bait. None of these tactics seemed to work and Captain Duhamel was just failing every day. In fact, as he was failing to make any progress to find and defeat the beast, one of the most famous incidences occurred involving the Beast of Gévaudan. This involved 19-year-old Marie-Jean jean Valet, who was crossing the river with her younger sister. So as the two girls were walking across the bridge, the Beast sprang out to attack the two girls. However, Marie-Jean fastened the knife that she had, had on her to the end of her wooden staff. And she used this spear, this homemade spear, to defend her sister and herself. She had stabbed the creature through its chest and drove it away, earning her the nickname of the Maid of Gévaudan. In fact, there is a statue that still exists to commemorate her courage against the monster. So what do you think of that story?
1: This is interesting. I, I can't, so far I haven't been able to... Make a decision about this story i mean it's it's weird how does a beast just go after the head and the neck of only certain people i mean this is it it does
0: seem to be picking out it does seem to be picking out very specific targets such as this uh you know fourteen year old girl a uh, nine year old boy and then now nineteen year old Marie Jean valet and right. her sister younger sister so the creature has no qualms about hunting down defenseless people and leaving livestock alone.
1: Right, that's just weird. I can't, I don't have any type of answer.
0: (laughs) Well, neither did King Louis. And he was so not pleased by the failures of Duhamel that he agreed to send two professional wolf hunters, Jean-Charles-Antoine Duhamel and his son Jean Francais, And they were tasked to take care of the beast. These are two men who, their whole occupation, their whole lives, involves hunting wolves. Okay. So the king should be easy. The king expected it to be easy for these two men to go out and hunt down this wolf beast. Captain Duhamel found it impossible to work with the wolf hunters as they utilized different techniques than he did.
1: Well, they were the real thing.
0: Agreed. So you have a soldier's tactics, and now you have wolf hunter tactics. Duhamel organized wolf hunting parties, so he organized large groups of men to go out hunting the bees, while Deneval and his son believed the bees could only be shot using stealthy techniques, so he would go out with just him and his his dogs to try and track down the bees. Eventually, Captain Duhamel was forced to stand down and return to his headquarters in Clermont. So Doumao was defeated. The beast of Jevadon was too smart for him, and he basically, uh, Captain Doumao... was fired. Home, he was fired, sent home with his tail <laughs> between his legs. <laughs> no pun. No pun intended. Now, Jean-Charles de Neville, uh arrived in February of 1765, and they brought eight bloodhounds that had been trained specifically in wolf hunting. And over the next four months, the pair hunted for what are known as Eurasian wolves, believing that one or more of these animals was the bees. Eurasian wolves is a larger breed of wolf uh, that is common in Europe, but more seen in uh, the Asian-Russian uh, Soviet, well Russian, uh, portions of the continent. Now, the hunters used the bloodhounds to search the countryside, and then they would set traps along any trail that they detected. But after four months, the hunters still had little to show for their efforts, except the bodies of more innocent victims that had been slain. Hmm. So, while they were trying to track down these Eurasian wolves, the beast of Jevaldon was killing more shepherds and shepherdesses and more children. Hmm. So... The king was furious with their failure, and this is all making the king, king Louis XV look horrible, like he would be completely incompetent. So he was furious with the failure of his hunters, so he ordered his personal gun bearer to resolve the situation once and for all. The Denevelles were then replaced in June of 1765 by Francois-Antoine the king's lieutenant of the hunt and the most famous marksman in France.
1: Wow, that's a high honor.
0: Yes, so he is the hand-picked man from King Louis. In September of 1765, Antoine was out hunting and killed a large male gray wolf almost three feet in height.
1: Oh, wow.
0: The animal was also five feet, seven inches in length, and weighed over 130 pounds.
1: Wow, that's like a person. Yeah. That's bigger than a person, actually.
0: That would definitely qualify as a man-sized. Dang. The wolf was named La Loupe de Chazay after the nearby abbey. Antoine wrote to the king, We declare by the present report signed from our hand, we've never seen a big wolf that could be compared to this one. Hence, we believe that this could be the fearsome beast that caused so much damage.
1: At least he used the word could be. Because I, I have a feeling that this story is not over.
0: Well, <laughs> after he had shot this wolf, uh, the attack survivors who recognized the markings and scars on its bodies further helped to identify that this was the wolf that terrorized the province. Oh. Antoine ordered that its remains be stuffed and sent back to the king. And then he set off in pursuit of the rest of the pack. Oh. He remained in the woods to chase down the female mate of the beast and her two grown pups.
1: Oh.
0: Antoine succeeded in killing the female wolf and one pup, which already seemed to be larger than its mother. At the examination of the pup, it appeared to have a double set of dew claws, which Ooh. is the fifth digit time. on the front it is the fifth digit on the front legs of dogs. And it is a genetic throwback from them.
1: Which my dog uses as a thumb.
0: Correct. <laughs> now, wolves having this suggests that the animal that they had actually shot was a wolf and dog hybrid. The second pup, Antoine shot and hit, and he believed to have died while retreating between the rocks. But it got away. Antoine kept his fear and doubts about the survival of the second pup, believing nothing could have survived his aim. Remember, he is considered the greatest marksman in France. So when he shot this pup, this second one, he was confident that there's no way that this beast could have survived. However, please remember that there have already been stories of the beast being shot, stabbed, and believed to have been killed at different locations. So... Right. Who could say that this pup didn't survive?
1: Yeah, but how does he kill the other ones? Because the bullets were just bouncing off the, other, the backs. But these were actually killed.
0: Now, remember that uh, Antoine is a professional marksman, so I would believe that he had better equipment. Okay. Now, the farmers, they have just their simple muskets, you know, just for driving off uh, troublemakers and for small prey. Okay. Not something that's three feet by six feet, you know, and 130 pounds. So their ammunition was probably not up to the same qualifications that Antoine's was.
1: Okay.
0: So with one pup that Antoine could not find, he decided to return to Paris and he received a large sum of money as well as fame, titles, and awards. The king publicly declared that the beast of Gévaudan's reign of terror was over. And in fact, would display the beast that Antoine had killed inside of his palace and would charge a small fee for people to come and take a look at it at the beast of Gévaudan. So for him, the story is over. However, for the people uh, in the province of Givaldon, more deaths were occurring at the teeth of the beast. Thirty more bodies were discovered, found with their heads and throats torn to pieces during the 18 months, After Antoine supposedly killed the beast. Wow. Guess
1: what? The puppy survived.
0: Exactly. So now we have the Beast of Gévaudan, the sequel. (laughs) The townships begged with the royal court to again send assistance, but that would not come. The response was that the beast was considered officially deceased and stuffed at the royal court. Whatever was attacking the villagers now was their problem.
1: Wow. Oh King Louis exactly
0: so imagine the people were not happy about this and because the people were not happy about this they decided to take steps on their own there was a local nobleman who realized that the royal court could not be supporting their efforts to stop the beast so he took matters into his own hands Marquis de Apichere began to organize men who had knowledge of the local area or wolf hunting experience he gathered men who were hunters or military veterans. In fact, a few of the men that he recruited to stop the beast included criminals, such as Jean Chantal. Okay. So now you have hunters, you have former soldiers, and you even have criminals who are released from prison, all <laughs> gathered together to hunt for the beast.
1: Okay, guy is released from prison, <clears throat> and you give him a gun. Say, here, kill something.
0: Well, the story with Jean Chantal is very interesting. Jean Chantal was actually only in prison because he refused to help Captain Duchelle in the hunt for the beast. Jean Chantal was a very religious person and believed that normal means of hunting the beast would be totally ineffective and would not support Captain Duhamel's methods of hunting the beast. He, Chantal... Secretly believed that the wolf was not just an enlarged beast, but some manner of
1: werewolf. Ooh, here we go. My story's starting.
0: Right, so now you have a convict who was put in jail because he wouldn't hunt a wolf, is now released and is now on the hunt for a werewolf. Awesome. He even had two bullets prepared, which had been tipped with silver, and was seen reading from the Bible shortly before their group's encounter on the slopes of Mont Cool. What had happened was, the beast burst from the tall grass and charged directly towards Chantel. Chantel remained calm, and before the beast reached him, it stopped for just a moment, enabling the former prisoner to fire one shot through the eye of the beast with one of his specially prepared bullets. Okay. The rampaging beast let out one deafening roar... And then it stumbled and fell to the ground to rise up no longer. The body was taken and cut open to discover the human remains of some of its earlier victims. Those who viewed it could not agree on exactly what the creature was, but were confident that this beast was not simply a large wolf. But with the evidence presented to them, they believed that they had stopped the actual beast of Gévaudan with a silver bullet.
1: Cool. I've seen that movie.
0: <laughs> True. It, it, <laughs> <clears throat> this story sounds like something that would come out of a Stephen King uh, werewolf movie. Where you have the former bad guy who is <clears throat> in uh, prison unfairly, is now released. The people need him. They're willing to believe him. He makes his silver bullets. The beast is charging at him, but he doesn't flinch. And just before it attacks, it stops, maybe from divine intervention, and he fires his silver bullet, hits it right through the eye, and kills it.
1: Hmm. It
0: sounds like something right out of Hollywood.
1: Right. But a werewolf would then change back into human form.
0: That did not happen in this case.
1: I know. So he couldn't be a werewolf.
0: Well, unless some of the myths or legends of werewolves are different. But... Hmm. Even though it didn't turn back into a person, many of the villagers believed that Chantel had killed a lycanthrope, a werewolf. Due to its extreme strength and ability to leap over high walls while also possessing the supernatural ability to heal itself, the creature fit many of the stories of werewolves. It also possessed human cunning as it had evaded capture and traps for three years. The story of how Chantal utilized silver bullets to finally destroy the beast supported the stories even more. Many um, may not have believed in werewolves, but they did realize that something supernatural and evil was at work. It was evidence to these religious Catholic citizens of 18th century France that the devil, or one of his worshippers, must have ultimately been responsible for this creature's actions and savagery in the way they, the beast killed its victims. So, like you, but some of them believe that it may have been a beast of the devil or of a Satan worshiper. And so that it brought many of those who had left the church back to pray for salvation and to be protected from Satan and his, and his beast of Jevadon.
1: And his pack of dogs. Exactly. <laughs> pack of puppies
0: now if you don't want to believe that it was an actual werewolf there are many different types of animals that have been rumored or suspected of being the Beast of Jevadon. there are hyenas who are very large and can fit some of the descriptions except they don't have a tail and hyenas were a popular uh, popular attraction or some of the royalty who had their own menagerie, their own zoos.
1: I was going to say, there were hyenas in France?
0: Not naturally, but this is the time of naturalists. This is when it was in vogue for the rich and elite to have exotic animals. Oh. And hyenas was a popular one. But Sounds kind of dangerous. It, it, <laughs> exactly. And if one had gotten loose, one could have done the damage that is described here. However, there are no reports of hyenas being loose, and it doesn't fit into their criteria. They're more scavengers than actual hunters. Yeah. So,
1: and they don't look
0: like... They don't the fit wolf. the actual physical description of a wolf-like creature. Now, the wolf is the number one uh, believed suspect. This beast is described as a much larger wolf specimen, and a wolf does have the strength... And is known for going to the, for the throat of its victims. That is the normal way in which a wolf takes down deer or, any, or sheep or cattle is that they bite at the throat. So it does fit into the way that they attack. However, wolves are pack animals and not known for single attacks. Right. So just having one beast would be very abnormal.
1: And to leave the sheep and other animals behind is absolutely not possible
0: it doesn't fit in with their operation uh, method of taking down prey they are designed for taking down the weak right so even in a flock of sheep they don't go after the strong sheep they are looking for the young or the old or the ill sheep and they are not driven to attack people and ignore defenseless sheep right so It doesn't fit in with the psychology of a wolf. The weirdest animal that has been suggested for the Beast of Gévaudan is that it is a young lion. A young lion would be about that size and does have the descriptions that some of the people have had of having spots on its body and the long tail with just a tuft of hair at the end. People are not used to seeing lions, so it could be confused with a dog or a wolf. This would fit in with the descriptions of the lions, but however, it does have the power to kill. Again, it does not exist in France. And there has been no reports of someone losing a young lion, which I would think would be pretty big news. (laughs) Yeah. So having an escaped lion doesn't seem feasible as well. No. So you have uh, that it could be a dog. But dogs generally don't attack people, except for Cujo. Um, (laughs) And people would recognize a dog over a wolf. Absolutely. There, There is a lot of distinctions between them.
1: Yeah.
0: Now we come up to my third theory, and this one's a very dark one. But it is equally possible. I do like dark. Well, then this theory is definitely going to interest you. Okay. Okay. What if these killings were actually performed by a serial killer using the beast of Jevedon as this means of killing? What? So we have a person or a group of people who are actually using the beast or this creature to kill for them. This is how it works. A dog that has been bred with a wolf and trained would account for many of the supernatural qualities. The eyewitnesses would have mistaken its human behavior for the training it was given. So maybe it isn't exactly smart to avoid traps and bait, but it has been trained to ignore those areas. Hunting dogs of the elite ruling class were often protected by an armor of animal hides that had been fastened to it during hunts for wild boars. So they would have these dogs that would go with them to hunt stags and uh, boars who have the very large tusks they would actually wrap them in animal hides around their body to protect them from being gored or damaged during right. their hunts right so this would explain why bullets fired at it wouldn't pierce its body no low caliber bullets would not pierce through hide on uh,
1: low caliber bur- okay yeah. back to the muskets
0: back to the muskets okay. which are designed to kill <laughs> birds and such right and would not pierce through uh, hide armor that has been treated to protect it against the tusks of a wild boar, would also protect it against bullets. Correct. Okay. So now we have a wolf dog that has been specifically bred, that has been trained to avoid uh, traps, and could also have been trained to attack just people and leave livestock and sheep alone.
1: That's just weird.
0: Now... To have this armor, though, would mean that this animal would have to belong to someone who is very rich or part of the royal elite. So, this theory of this trained killer then begins with Marquis de Absher. Remember the man who organized the final hunt? Right. Okay, so this guy, after the king said he would no longer help, now decides that he's going to lead the hunt to get kill the beast of Jevadon. As I mentioned earlier, France was at the beginning to whisper rebellions against the king of France. After the loss to Britain, people were unhappy with the royalty. The Marquis was one of these men who wanted the king removed. So he was one of the men who wanted to spark the flames of a rebellion. So he wanted the king to look bad. Right. Also during this time period, the church was losing followers, which made the Marquis very unhappy about being a religious man himself. So having a creature showing the ineffectiveness of the king to the local people while also putting the fear of the supernatural and people back into the pews of the church would have suited his purposes perfectly. Nice. Two birds with one stone. Correct. And since these were happening in his province, he had direct control over what was going on in this area of Gévaudan. The story gets even darker. The son of Jean Chantel, Francois, was known for breeding and raising large mastiffs dogs. These are those huge, enormous dogs that can exceed 150 pounds. And they had the ability to crossbreed dogs and wolves. So Francois had the skills and the experience of breeding dogs and would not have been hard for him to breed a wolf with one of his excessively large mastiffs to create a giant wolf creature.
1: Oh, God, I want one.
0: Now, could he have been contacted by the Marquis to create a beast of Gevanoon? Yeah. The last piece, which makes this a conspiracy is Jean Chantal himself. The man who was put in prison to not hunt because he didn't hunt the dog, right? Who came out of prison, got the silver bullets, and actually killed the beast of Gevanolin. What if he was involved? Jean Chantal was a wolf huntsman which is why Captain Duhamel wanted his assistance from the beginning. Chantal would have been skilled to train wolf-hybrid dogs to attack people, because he did have his own dogs to hunt wolves. So he did know how to train dogs and would not have been hard for him to train a wolf-dog hybrid. This would explain why many of the attacks began in the area directly around his farm. This also would enable him to get the drop on the beast, so he could kill it with one shot.
1: Hmm.
0: It is very strange that a beast that goes for the throat of you know of its victims would have been so you know would have been so docile at its last moment to enable him to get that one shot. Right, so perfect. Looks
1: like it waited for him. It knew him. Right. He killed his own puppy.
0: Basically, that is the Bastard. theory. So. Could the three men have been working together in an attempt to stir up rebellion against the king while also reinforcing the need for the church? Wow. This is, this is tight. So this is the dark theory that is going around that the Beast of Gévedon, that Jean Chantel was not the hero, but actually the serial killer wow. responsible for 150 deaths. All, why, would he,
1: why would he do it? Just to get people back in church?
0: To get people back into church and to get the king uh, have a revival or something. Well, they wanted more than just a revival. Here, they wanted <laughs> they wanted the king. They wanted a rebellion. They they wanted you know to overthrow wow. the government, and they thought that by scaring people and killing uh, children would do that.
1: Ah, wow, poor babies.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So this means that these three men were responsible for letting a trained man-killer loose on the farms of Gévaudan to slaughter the children of their neighbors. The hero of who slayed a werewolf, may have actually been responsible for creating the beast and the deaths of the 150 people. Wow. So, in your final opinion, what do you think?
1: Well, the last option you gave seems the most plausible but it's so tragic
0: it's it's hard to accept uh, that uh, it's something like that killers would happen
1: are most of the time tragic
0: <laughs> especially when they are a group of them working together
1: wow so n- this has never been solved this is
0: nope this is an on <clears throat> the there is proof that there was a beast of givadon right i mean the king had a carcass of a wolf that he was showing to people that's been very well documented yeah, so don't. something went around France and killed uh, 100 to 150 people. That march is true. Wow. The part where it gets murky or within the mist is what exactly was it? Was it a werewolf? Was it a, um, a, an animal, a dog-wolf hybrid? Or was it actually an instrument that was being used by three men to try and overthrow France?
1: That's crazy. Right. This is
0: this is this is something to get you to think. This is, would three men be evil enough or devious enough to create the beast of Gevadon Or was nature just had a freak accident and had this huge overgrown wolf running loose, killing people but leaving livestock alone?
1: Yeah, but he was never killed at the end. Who? The beast.
0: Yeah, he was. By Jean Chantel killed it oh, at right. the end. But it would have been easy for him to kill it if it was his dog, his right. wolf dog, his beast.
1: Wow. I don't know. I'm kind of sad right now.
0: <laughs> exactly. I know. I mean, all those people praised Jean Chantal, and I would like to believe that he was a hero. I'm sorry. I was kind of sad over the puppies. Wow. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm a horrible person.
0: <clears throat> well, yeah, if, if it's true that Jean Chantal and the Marquis created the Beast, then the beast was actually an innocent victim itself. Yeah. Because it was only doing what it was trained to do.
1: Gosh. I'm so sad now.
0: Well. Uh-huh. The story does continue, and in fact, there have been some movies that use the idea of the Beast of Gervodon and my in this conspiracy theory. Okay. The movie Brotherhood of the Wolf actually expands upon this conspiracy theory really? even farther, saying that yeah, it's basically the Brotherhood of the Wolf is a organization throughout France all working together to try and decredit the king and create the rebellion. Hmm. So it doesn't have all the details of the Beast of Gévaudan, It you know it's but it is a movie that utilizes that theory and expands upon it for Hollywood's sake. Right. So I it is the most believable theory. Right. And it is the most, you know, Hollywood shocking. <laughs> Poor puppies. Well. Well, the death did end with a silver bullet fired by Jean Chantel. But questions continue. Was this an enlarged wolf or wolf hybrid that had a taste for human blood? Was it an actual werewolf that could not be stopped until a criminal was freed from prison, armed with a Bible and silver bullets? Or could that hero had actually been part of a brotherhood of the wolf? Seeking to dethrone the King of France by creating the Beast, a wolf-dog hybrid protected with hide armor and trained to seek out and rip out the throats of children. Wow. Answers we may never get. Well, being sure to listen for the Howl of the Wolf tonight, I suppose that this is a good time to make our way back out of the mist and bring this episode to a close. I want to give special thanks to bensound.com for our introduction music. And we hope you enjoyed our stories about the topic, and we'll come again for another episode.
1: Poor puppies.
0: And, yes, we'll try not to have a story about poor puppies. Thank you. Please spread the word to your friends who would enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and other things that go bump in the night. We really do appreciate how many of you have subscribed. You make these episodes worth it, and it's kind of exciting to try and hear your feedback as as you tell us about what you thought of our stories. But until then, we hope you make your way out of the mist safely and perhaps a bit more curious. Bye. Bye.